0: That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S code SUPER24.
1: Thank you for joining us on Community Focus this morning, September 11th, the 21st anniversary of the 9-11 attacks on the Twin Towers in New York City. Now, this may be remembered as the first time that we became aware of the risks to first responders, firemen, police, paramedics, and of course the members of the military who were deployed to Iraq and then Afghanistan. It was a number of years before we learned of the physical damages to the 9-11 first responders and the multiple types of cancer they were getting due to their exposure to the toxic chemicals from the planes in the towers. This is not the first time that those who put their lives on the line have suffered for it. Vietnam veterans had Agent Orange. Then we learned about Gulf War Syndrome and the toxic chemicals that soldiers were exposed to when serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. And of course, there is PTSD, a separate issue that has resulted in a virtual pandemic of suicides among veterans. Now we've found out about toxic water exposure that could have affected four decades of people living at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. And to tell us more about who is affected, how they could be affected and how they can receive help. I'm very happy to welcome litigating attorney at Rubenstein Law, Miriam Fresco. A great hello. Thank you for being here. Hi, Ellen. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad you'll be able to clear this up because you don't know how much junk email I get that says Camp Lejeune. And I've never been a member of the military, but obviously it's a very serious issue. Can you give us the background on the Camp Lejeune toxic water what was discovered in the water at Camp Lejeune?
0: Sure. So Camp Lejeune was a Marine Corps Army base that opened up in 1942, but it wasn't just Marines there. It was also Naval officers who would go to Camp Lejeune. But like any base, and and we learned this from talking to our veteran community, like any base, they also had folks, civilians who lived on base, the family members of those serving, civilian contractors, civilian workers. So it becomes like its own little town, each of these bases. So around 19... 53. It wasn't discovered at this point, but that's when the contamination began. There's a water treatment plant on Camp Lejeune and it has about eight different tanks and two or more. It's still in that discovery phase and there's a lot of unknowns, but two or more were contaminated with what's known as volatile organic compounds that have serious health effects. There's compounds such as benzene and vinyl chloride and chemicals known as trichloroethylene and tetrachloroethylene that were all contaminating the water for a long period of time between 1953 and 1987. Now, it wasn't discovered until about 1982, but then at that point, the wells that were most contaminated weren't shut down until 1985. And even then, it still wasn't cleared out. So it took a lot of years before anybody became aware, and then it took several years after they became aware to really start taking action. This reminds me
1: so much of the situation with Aaron Brockovich, what we saw in the movie where people were living in an area where the groundwater was contaminated. And usually in those situations, it's in fairly poor neighborhoods where a big company is just kind of abusing the water, either not aware or not thinking about the people who are affected. But to imagine that on a military base, you know, the people who are putting their lives on the line already for us is pretty unthinkable. What are some of the negative health effects that have been associated with this toxic water?
0: So the list is very long. The truth is, is that we're discovering new effects from these chemicals every day. But I will tell you some of the more common ones that we've seen, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, bladder cancer, cardiac defect, end-stage renal disease, kidney cancer. This is just to name a few. We've had women who've called us that during their pregnancies had fetal death, which is a little different than a miscarriage. That's when over 20 weeks of gestation, the pregnancy has suddenly been terminated. Um, Just horrific, horrific things. And we're discovering new ones every day. And this went on
1: This is four decades, 1953 to 1987, that's thousands and thousands of people who were affected. Like you say, it's not just the enlisted folks, it's also family members and other base employees. Why did it take so long for this to be recognized by the Department of Defense?
0: According to the Department of Defense, they did not become aware until the 1980s that this was even an issue. And then it took several years after that for them to start working on how to fix the issue Ellen, if I may, the real tragedy here is that at that point, it was too late for all of the people who had been injured. Number one, you know, obviously prevention would have been the best thing to be able to prevent anybody from getting injured, from having these life changing illnesses. But then to realize that they weren't informed, that they weren't taken care of while they were on base, as you said, fighting for our country. And then to realize that there's no remedy because for a long time until this law was passed, there was absolutely no remedy for them to be able to seek any compensation. And as you know, injuries like cancer and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, that stops your ability to work, to provide for your family. And so that's the real tragedy here is that, even after knowing, it took until twenty twenty two years after they had already discovered the contamination, for them to pass a law, for a remedy to be created for not only the veterans but for all the civilians on base, the veterans' families, et cetera, to be able to get compensation for the injuries that they had suffered.
1: This is so similar to nine eleven with the first responders and what John Stewart went into Congress and Senate and spoke about. And they had an act which was, allowed to expire, but now there's this Honoring of PACT Act, and that's where the compensation comes in. Can you explain that?
0: Right. It's called the Honoring Our PACT Act, and what happens is that in that act, a lot of things, including this Camp Lejeune Justice Act, was subsumed in it, okay? And what it did was it created different benefits for, for example, those who were exposed to toxic burn pits while fighting in Iraq, Um, Now they have the ability to seek disability benefits for that through the VA, which they did not have that before. Again, this is years in the making or years in the waiting is really the best way to say it. And it wasn't until Congress took a real hard look at this act and that it was pushed through that we were able to see some Remedy now for those victims from Camp Lejeune. Although I will tell you, the victims of the Camp Lejeune water contamination were able to receive disability benefits. That was only for the veterans through the VA. Of course, civilians, civilian contractors, the families of these veterans, they had not been able to receive any compensation for their injuries up until this was passed last month. Okay, so this is brand new. The really key thing is to get the
1: word out to the veterans and their families. What is Rubenstein Law doing to help veterans and others who may have been at Camp Lejeune and may have been exposed to the toxic water? Or is this considered a class action suit or it's just because it's an act that they can apply for benefits?
0: So, yeah, I'll explain. These cases, as you mentioned, Camp Lejeune is in North Carolina. North Carolina has a very strict statute of limitations. If statute of limitations is the time that you have with which to file a case. Because of that, by the time that people were realizing that their injuries were due to contaminated water, that time had expired. So they didn't have the opportunity to file these claims to be able to get compensation for their medical bills or their pain and suffering. So what the Kemp Lejeune Justice Act does is that it opened up, it created a cause of action for people to now be able to file these claims against the federal government, of course, for this harm for their injuries. That's what the act does. Now, we at Rubenstein Law, we're a Florida-based law firm. We have over 50 attorneys, nine board-certified attorneys. We're handling those claims. I'm personally responsible, along with my partner, Sarah Vega, from our firm with handling those files as they come into our firm we've luckily been able to get awareness out to our veteran community and to our civilian community and to our, you know, just to all of the folks here in Florida, but around the country who have been victims of the Camp Lejeune water contamination. Now, in terms of our ability to spread that awareness, we have been working with Ozzy Martinez. He is a veteran. He started his organization called Operation Wet Vet, which seeks to help veterans who have suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic brain injury as a result of their Service with getting help and with learning how to cope. They do that in really great ways. They have voting activities and golf tournaments. And Ozzy has been great. We, we recently sat with him and are doing everything in our power just to raise awareness because the very important thing about Camp Lejeune Act is that it only allows folks two years from the date of the passing of the act, which was August 10th, 2022, to file their claim. After that, the time is up. There will not be another chance.
1: Okay. So this is something that needs to be done now. How can someone contact you at Rubenstein Law and find out if they're eligible for benefits and what they have to do then to qualify and to create a suit?
0: Sure. They can call our firm. It's 1-800-FL-LEGAL. Or they can go on our website, which is RubensteinLaw.com. That's R-U-B-E-N-S-T-E-I-N-Law.com. I would suggest that if you're even inclined, curious that you place a phone call, you don't lose anything by calling us and just figuring out if you have a claim, if you think you have a claim. One of the other things, Ellen, if I may, is not to forget the fact that if it's somebody who's passed away and you are The family member of that person, you're the the surviving child, the surviving spouse, you also have a claim for that person's injuries that resulted in their wrongful death. So I don't want people to think that, oh, there's no way I have a chance. This happened so long ago. The best thing you can do is just give us a call. We're happy to have a conversation with you. It doesn't cost you anything. We don't take any money up front from any of our clients. We work on what's known as a contingency fee. So you don't have to worry about having to come up with money up front in order to have an attorney. All of that really leaves this as a no risk situation in terms of seeing if you qualify, seeing if there's any way we can help you, because that's what we want to do at the end of the day is provide help to as many folks as we can.
1: And just to be clear, if a family member lived at Camp Lejeune, whether or not they are still with a veteran who was there, they're still eligible. If a family member lived at Camp Lejeune and their spouse, father, child, whatever it is, has passed, they're still eligible. And can someone be eligible for benefits both for their past loved one and themselves if they also have disease resulting from the
0: contamination? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And another one that Ellen folks might not know is If you were in utero, meaning if your mother was pregnant with you while she was living on Camp Lejeune and she was drinking the contaminated water and you suffered illnesses, you might have a clean. Even if you were born off the base, you never lived on the base. But that's how strong and how potent these volatile organic compounds are. They affected babies in utero. They're very strong. They've affected veterans, mothers, contract service members, civilian employees. The only requirement is is that they had been there for 30 days or more. That's it. And aside from
1: just the act that the government has set forth, what else has been done to take care of the toxic contamination? How have they tried to cure that for Camp Lejeune in North Carolina?
0: According to the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry, which is a federal agency under the CDC, They've claimed that all of the water now at Camp Lejeune is free of contaminants and that it had been cleared out. 2022, they started really dealing with this issue probably in 1985 when they shut down most of the contaminated wells. So they've worked on getting that water cleared. And according to them, the water is clear. Obviously, you know, as lawyers and as folks in the community, we're limited in what we can do to force people's hand to take the right action. So what we do is, is we fight to make sure that for those people who did suffer at somebody else's hand, that we can get them a little bit of justice.
1: Thank you for fighting the fight for those who have already fought the fight and can't do it anymore. Is there anything else that people need to know? And can we just do a quick review of who's eligible and how they contact you and what they should be asking?
0: Sure. So the most important thing that I would let folks know is that you don't lose anything by placing a phone call. So please feel free to call our firm. I'll just say the number one more time, 1-800-FL-LEGAL. Again, you don't lose anything by placing a phone call, and we are under a time constraint. Two years will fly by. And the two-year deadline started, uh, the two-year countdown, I'll call it, started August 10th, 2022. So again, please take action now. If you were living or working or on Camp Lejeune base between 1953 and 1987 for 30 days, 30 days within that time period. And whether you were a veteran at the time, whether you were a service member at the time, whether you were the wife or the child of a veteran or service member, whether you were a civilian employee working in one of the stores, one of the schools, anything, any person, any human being who was on Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987 that has any injury, please feel free to call us. We'll let you know if your injury qualifies. The list is very long. So it's easy to have a conversation with us and we can help you.
1: You know, there are plenty of organizations locally that I would gather are spreading the word Mission United, 411veterans.com, Broward Veterans Coalition. Of course, we have the VA down here. What happens if someone goes directly to the VA?
0: So if somebody goes directly to the VA, remember, you're only getting one part, one portion of the benefits that are available to you. And the VA, you know, they may or may not, depending on who your rep is that you're speaking to, provide you with the information that you need to reach out to an attorney, but you will not be able to get the benefits that you're entitled to under the Camp Lejeune Justice Act unless you reach out to an attorney. These cases are being filed by attorneys all over the country. We're a firm who's been working with Operation What Vet and our veteran community since before the Camp Lejeune Justice Act was passed. So we have a very strong place in the veteran community, and we're hoping to be the firm that you select to help you with this claim because it is important. You're entitled to it. Frankly, in my opinion, you'd been entitled to it for many, many years ago. So we're just happy we were able to get bipartisan legislation that really helps our veteran community and the people who gave their most for us.
1: Okay. What's the phone number again? 1-800-FL-LEGAL. And the website is rubensteinlaw.com. ruben Stein. Law.com. And I also would recommend going to www.wetvet.org to see what they're doing to help folks with PTSD. And if anyone else is or knows someone who is suffering from PTSD as a result of their being a first responder or a veteran member of the military, remember we have the new Mental Health Nationwide Hotline 988. You just dial 988 and they will refer you to someone local who can help you talk about and deal with the issues that you're facing. And we know how difficult it can be. I thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Ellen. And thank you for having us. And I'm happy that we were able to talk about this today and and hopefully get some awareness out there.
1: Absolutely. Litigating attorney Miriam fresco a great from Rubenstein Law. Thank you so much. Thank you. Moving on to our next segment of community focus where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. It's great to welcome back to the program someone you know well, a former news anchor, currently the vice president of multicultural business and community engagement for Visit Lauderdale and a true change maker in our community, Nikki Mohan. Welcome back. Good morning. The last time you were here, we were talking about all the lauder deals that Visit Lauderdale has through this month, and then we got to talking about all your community work for which you're being honored this Tuesday at the Girl Scouts of Southeast Florida's Lead the Way Luncheon. And what got us started on that conversation was your first venture into mentoring your work with Women of Tomorrow, which was uh-huh. done by another one of our very yeah. legendary TV anchors, Jennifer Velasquez. We Villapie. worked
2: together at NBC6 when Jennifer started the organization. I can't take credit for being a founder. I don't know if she founded it after she worked with me for a little bit, because I think I was like 20 at the time, 26 at the time. But Jennifer and I have become great friends over the years and just combined on the mission of the work of Women at Tomorrow, womenattomorrow.org. We're in every public high school in um, Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County. And we basically pair professional women mentors with a high school in-class mentoring group And our graduation rate of our students in our organization is like over 95%. Um, Many of our girls are first-time college goers. And after being in the program for three years, they're eligible for the college scholarships. We sent uh, millions, millions of dollars in scholarships with these young women that then go on. And guess what? They do good in the world. These young women, they're the women of tomorrow. They're the mothers of tomorrow. And they're on a mission. And they return to their communities. And they make them better. So, you know, we just, it's, you can criticize the millennials coming into your workplace or you can reach out to them. And I, you know, uh, so many young people in our community just need advice. They just need someone to say they well, care. Well, you're the
1: one to give it to them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I used, as, a, as a reporter, I would go to jail and saw the handcuffs getting smaller and smaller, and oh I thought, wow, if this young person just had one person to say, "Don't do that," or "Here, let me give you other options." They wouldn't be there, and I think that we all have. I mean, I, I think we all have a little bit of a response. You know what? It mentoring is the most selfish thing in the world. Cause i get so much out of it i asked them advice on how to parent my child i was like what should i do about this and those girls give me the best advice they give me my students give me the best advice in a lot of things and it keeps me hip i didn't know who cardi b was when she came out they told me right. you know so it keeps me a little somewhat hip and, and on the up and up but you know i was raised by my grandmother i was raised by people laugh when they know like all the songs i know the old dances Well, you know, there's something about connecting generations that we kind of need in society that, you know, it keeps me in touch and it's very doable for a businesswoman. One hour a month just throughout the school year and you can change a life.
1: So tell me also, because Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County is one of my favorite organizations. We've worked with them every year for school supply donations, raising funds during the pandemic, just doing everything Uh digitally. And similar to Women of Tomorrow, they are essentially mentoring good citizens. They also have that incredible 98% graduation rate and, yes. you know, 70-something percent go on to college and most of them are first-time college students. Yeah.
2: With Boys and Girls Club, I mean, I do some work with them. I help train their youth of the year for their public speaking competitions. But, you know, I've been doing that. I've had an opportunity to go in and really see the work that they do. They have affordable aftercare programs. As a working mother, a working parents, childcare is really expensive. They are able to provide that, keep these kids off the street, Keep them out of trouble The people inside the Boys and Girls clubs They're so I mean, so many of these students It changed their life You know, they had somebody that was present They were allowed to be kids Because a lot of times These kids were growing up in homes Where they would come home from school And take care of other siblings Here they can go get help with their homework get something to eat, and then just play basketball and be a kid mm-hmm. in a safe environment. So the work they do at the Boys and Girls Club is absolutely amazing. And the, the staff there, sometimes you see a lot of like retired teachers working there, retired coaches, because, you know, they, they just want con- it, to, it's so wonderful to watch young people grow up and, you know, give them an extra hand. That's what we we do as a community. So yeah, I love that work. I also I'm on the board of the Jack and Jill Children's Center in Broward County, and they do amazing work as well. And all the organizations that support so, I just say if you want more in your life, do more. And um, I'm just always happy to be, you know, a spokesperson and an advocate. And I think that, you know, that's again, I mean, when I left my last career, I was looking for stuff to do and all these folks that I used to do stuff for on a volunteer basis came to me and said, and I had my own little company, they'd say, hey, we have a contract, can you help us with this? We have a con-? And it was just you put good out in the world, it always comes back. I've even been, I've given nursing scholarships to young women and then I went into the hospital to have a procedure and my nurse was a student I gave a scholarship
1: oh, to. Oh, wow. Oh, is yeah. that so not I got extra karma. jello.
2: That, ah. yeah. <laughs> I got extra jello. <laughs> but, you know, I just, I don't know, I'm a, little bit, I'm a do-gooder. I'm a do-gooder and then I tried to do the best I can. And I'm happy to have a job that allows me to continue to do good in this world.
1: So as long as we're talking about all these wonderful organizations for young people that you're Mm -hmm. involved with, it is the karma thing. You are going to be the recipient as an honoree at the Girl Scouts Lead the Way Luncheon on September 13th. So excited. (laughs) This is, again, a group that is mentoring girls who are becoming young women during their career as Girl Scouts. And
2: yeah, I mean, we have the girls, I was a girl guide, you know, I grew up in the British Caribbean, and you know, the Girl Scouts was started by Lord and Lady Baden-Powell in England, and then the young woman from Georgia went over to England to learn about the Girl Guides and then created the Girl Scouts, oh, Juliet, Lo- me, Juliet Lowe. Let that's let part of the story I
1: never heard. I yep. mean, I knew yep. about yep. Juliet Gordon Lowe and her 100th birthday yep. a couple of years ago, yep. and, and how the evolution of Girl Scouts from, Teaching yep. girls to sew and to cook, which are still, well, obviously yeah. you didn't get the cooking part, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> um, but you know, and how that's evolved into teaching them to be business women and community yes. leaders. Yes, and
2: yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing. I mean, people don't realize, like, they're annoyed because we always get our cookies to sell around July 1st. And um, that's normally when everybody's on a diet, and it's so annoying. I mean, because yeah, I have a—I wasn't a, gr- a girl guide, and then when I became a mom, we started our own troop. Um, my friends and I did. And so yeah, for many years, I inundated all my colleagues with cookie sales. But those <laughs> cookies, those cookies help fund all of our activities. Every troop gets 80 cents off the box on those cookies, and then we're able to do activities with the girls and not then have that expense to the parents. But Girl Scouts is about helping women become leaders Mm -hmm. in in a safe mentoring. When you think of our pledge to be a good friend, to support our fellow Girl Scouts, you know, I mean... I'm not knocking reality TV, but, you know, we're fighting in society where bad behavior is glamorized, uh, you know. Are you more in than my ever, head? Yeah, more God. than ever, we need organizations like the Girl Scouts that are teaching young women that to be a leader and a team player and to support one another is really the way you're going to succeed in life, you know. I mean, that's, that's what, and when I look at Kathleen Cannon of the United Way and the other people that I am so fortunate to be honored with, I know these women from out in the community. I did work with the United Way and they're team players. And every leader will tell you, only way you succeed is by empowering the people that work with you. That's the only way you succeed is by empowering your team. And you're not going to, you know, you to have that and to learn that and to sell those cookies. I mean, that's a it's teaching business skills. Yes. You, I mean, my daughter would have to go up. She'd have to be polite, approach someone, give them change, you know, get off her phone. Thank them, you know, write thank you notes, you know, and then she had fun, too. She got dirty in the mud and canoeing competitions and going to the campground, just being a kid. You know, no longer do kids play outside until the streetlights come on. Right. Right. That was my upbringing. But this is like the next best thing. And um, the moms have fun, too. I mean, we go and, you know, go camping and go hang out you know, it's never too, it's just, it's a good time. And in a constructive environment, you know, and it's intentional. And, you know, we're not competing for who has the nicest stuff or whatever. It's about what quality of character are you bringing to the table?
1: And there's also a tremendous amount of learning teamwork, learning how to compromise with others so you can make group decisions. And those are important skills for any part of your life. Learning
2: first aid, you know, learning first aid. If you get break a leg or if you get scratched or mosquito bites or learning about the environment, learning about, you know, bugs and berries and different things and how things grow. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's so valuable. And think of when Juliet Lowe created this in the early 1900s to where it's evolved to right now. um, You know, you will find a Girl Scout in every major office, I'll tell you that.
1: Oh, definitely. You know, just in in looking at all of the information about Girl Scouts Lead the Way, I emceed the event for the last five years. This year, I am passing the baton to Lori Jennings. Lori, I think Lori can handle it. (laughs) Oh, I know she can handle it. She was keynote (laughs) speaker the first year. She was an honoree. She always brings out her sash and it still fits and everybody just sits there like, oh, bottled. you know, we hate
2: her. Lori's yeah. like, all we've said. Lori's been the same size since she was like 12. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, the things that I've learned just from being there and how inspired I've been by the girls. When they Mm -hmm. stand up and they speak and they welcome us and, you know, they're like adults, but in little bodies and, you know, what they teach them about, you know, with the the whole G-I-R-L being a go-getter, an innovator, a risk taker and a leader. That is one of my favorite mantras. Um, And like you said, being a friend, doing good, be prepared. All of those things are valuable lessons. And you talk about leaders, you know, four out of our last five first ladies were Girl Scouts. Madeline Albright was a Girl Scout. Queen Latifah was a Girl Scout. Uh, yeah, it, it, amazing. Right. It, it's kind of like doing the thing with the Boys and Girls Clubs so, where, oh, Denzel Washington was a yeah. club kid. But
2: then you also look at presidents who were Eagle Scouts when right. you go to the Boy Scout model as well. But what does everybody have in common? And they're intentionally working in communities that are working for the greater good. And we talk about how hard it is to get people to come into public service. Well, guess what? It starts at home. You know, mm-hmm. you always say check Charity starts at home. So you have to learn to, like, you know, how old we, we you can't just take from the world and not give back. Right. You know? And what you, you do is when you give, you get so much more. And um, just wanting, like a lot of people say, oh, I don't have any friends. Well, you know, you have to have a friend, you got to be a friend. Right. And you need mentors. When you're little, you need mentors all throughout your life. We're community beings. Didn't we learn that during pandemic? You know, all of a sudden we're walking around the neighborhood talking to people we didn't talk to before right. because everybody's home. Right. And we're not running a million miles an hour. People changed careers. I did. People changed jobs because they were like, what's really important to me? Exactly. And, you know, and sometimes you find, you, you know, having mentors and having a community will help you, will help you discover that. So oh, it I'm makes super a huge honored. Difference. Yeah. Super, super honored to be on this panel. Really looking forward to it. I don't know if I still have my Girl Scout sash, but I do have a patch and I should have a box of
1: cookies in the freezer. <laughs> I, I guarantee you there's going to be a giant basket of cookies that you can bid <laughs> on uh, as one of the um, oh my goodness. raffle <laughs> prizes. That's not going to be a problem. But I want to encourage people to go to Girl Scouts Lead the Way luncheon. It's a very, very special yeah. event. Nikki, one of five amazing women who are honored on Tuesday, September 13th at Signature Grand. As we said, Lori Jannings, the panel. model moderator. So for that, gssef.org for Girl Scouts of Southeast Florida. And
2: support your, and know that when you're buying a box of cookies from the girls that are standing outside of Publix, and even if you don't buy the box, you make a $2 donation, a $1 donation. We send boxes, those boxes to the military troops, and we send letters and just let them know we're thinking about them. But you're really investing in a girl. You're really investing in the future. And um, we all can do our part in whatever way, and it'll come back. It makes the world a better place. I mean, again, like the the crazy idealist that I am, but it's always worked for me.
1: Words of wisdom and another reason that people ought to go to the luncheon just to see and hear you for another 10 or 15, 20 minutes for a half an hour and get all of this (laughs) enlightenment that has surprisingly come out of a conversation about Visit Lauderdale. And it's wonderful. I thank you so much for your time, for what you've given to the community. You truly deserve this honor. Again, gssef.org. Congratulations. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning, the 21st anniversary of 9-11. And to all who were affected, really everyone in our country, the first responders, the people who lost loved ones that day, the troops that fought in Iraq and Afghanistan, and anyone who remembers the horror of watching the Twin Towers fall. We want to send our respect and our best wishes that each year, this day will be a little bit easier to manage. I'm Ellen Jaffe. If you have questions about today's program or would like to suggest a topic, please email me at ellen.jaffe, that's ja 2 A one e at cmg.com
2: DS.com code super 24.